When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNBR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember, use the promo code DNVR25. You'll get 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD and the deliciously rich and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. Hey, I'm your host, Drew Creason, the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lines. And on this one, we've got a preview of the Colorado Rockies. Heading to Texas, hoping for one of their best road trips of the season, as it would turn out if they could win a series here. It would be the first time all year they've won two road series on one trip. They've got some interesting possibilities. CJ Crone, gunning for player of the month. Uh, All kinds of things actually on the table here in this series between two teams that are well out of postseason positioning. But uh, before we can get to that and a few other notes that we had, Patrick, today, I feel like we got to get into the talk of the town. We, Your New York Mets, is that, is that, is that unfair? Is Should your I camera know? not working? Uh, do you think, am I Drew Goodman? No. Is this... I've, I've never been a Mets fan. I right. probably, mm-hmm. I don't actually have a memory of 1986, although I should. Uh, I think I blocked that out knowing well ahead that that was just not the fandom for me. I never got into the Mets. They were always the farthest from where I lived in New Jersey. It was the worst traffic that you could deal with. So I've, I've never owned a Mets hat. Oh, never been a Mets guy. You could, you could slap yeah. all the other labels closer, on me. Closer to you than to me, but yeah, I, I always true. try, I try to make it your thing and it's just not, it's just, you are though closer to the understanding I will uh, represent them today in court, as it were. <laughs> I don't want to, but you know what? This is my job. So you're right. I, I'm very. I know the situation very well. So I will. Okay, you're right. I will speak on their behalf. <laughs> uh, so for anyone who doesn't have uh, Twitter or or watch sports news or uh, follow baseball very closely, the. New York Metropolitans are and have been for quite some time a mess, but let's narrow that down a little bit more specifically to this year. I actually do think a lot of this stems back to 
when owner Steve Cohen fired off that tweet about how much the team sucks. And really since then, it's just gotten worse and worse and things have spiraled out of hand. Uh, fans have taken it upon themselves to mercilessly boo uh, the players pretty regularly. They chanting for the firing of the manager. Like it's been, it's been intense. Right. And uh, so recently a few Mets players uh, and, and Javier Baez seems to have become the face of this, but uh, Kevin Pilar was also highlighted. I think Francisco Lindor uh, was also kind of at the forefront of this movement of, you know how when the Rockies get a hit <laughs> and they do the little knock thing and they all, they're all having fun. Hey, got a knock, get it? Like knocking on the door, base knock. Well, the Mets are now giving the thumbs down to their own fans for booing them. Or they were, I guess, until the team president had to call a meeting and tell everybody to knock that off. So the, things are going really well. The email going around uh, with the at Mets.com, uh, very <laughs> common. It's being forwarded. Uh, it just says thumbs. So they're just the email going around just says thumbs. That's, mm -hmm. that's the subject line. It's all about thumbs. And it's uh, it's a bad look. You know, I, I thought about, you know, the concept of thumbs down by these players to use it in and amongst themselves is something fine. I, I think it's yeah. fine for them to keep in house and like, Hey, that's just our thing. We're never going to tell you because obviously it's a bad look, but we need it. We, we need it to be a motivator for us that, you know what? It's not about them. The, the fans aren't going to help us out here at city field. We are going to help each other out. And that right. thumbs down is a reminder that we have each other's back. And for that yeah. reason, Thumbs down isn't inherently bad, but for all the other reasons that we've seen in the domino effect of what's happened after it, it is, it is atrocious and, and foolish. And I, I don't know what any of those guys were thinking, making that public and putting that out there. Like, Hey, no, it's, it, that's fair. And it's like, you get it. Look, players have to deal with those kind of things. And that is just part of the job. We're not talking about anyone attacking uh, someone you know personally or or going after a, a loved one or things of that nature. It's just, hey, you're not doing good enough, boo. Hey, I don't like that. That hurts our feelings. You got to deal with it. We deal with it. We know that. We deal right. with it. And we're we're only making you know seventy five percent of what those millionaires are making. Right. Just just so under. It's man, really bad look. Yeah. This is this is interesting, Patrick. This is one of those things where I think everybody is a little bit in the wrong. But I also think everybody is a little bit in the right. This is this kind of except Steve Cohen. He's just entirely in the wrong. <laughs> he's he's just pretty much completely in the wrong there. And and I do think he precipitated all of this. And we talk a lot here about a, third, a certain kind of lethargy in the culture and, and a certain lack of of need to go and get better and go all in and do the thing. And I think that's legitimate. And I do think that comes from the top. I think. People get a little carried away with specifics, but I do think the culture is a real thing. And when you've got a toxic, wild culture like that, and it, it precipitates events like this. But I do think, you know, I saw Spilly had a really interesting take on this on Twitter. And, and I've always said, you know, I don't think that fans should necessarily be totally beyond reproach here. I, I know that a lot of people in media have kind of gone out of their way not to critique fans. And I, we understand why, right? You're, 
you're buying our, our subscriptions or our t-shirts or our subscriptions to newspapers or digital subs or whatever you're you're and if you know we're antagonizing you the fan that makes it harder it's like it gets tough but i do think there are certain fan behaviors so i i agree with your assessment like booing i've never liked it i've always asked the question like unless it's lack of effort aren't you just you're doing this thing right like you're causing more tension amongst the team and now they feel like it's us against everybody including our own fans and maybe that can become a good thing but as it's been for the Mets lately it hasn't been it's just made everything worse right the the chanting that particularly you know fire the manager uh, that feels a little more personal, a little more direct, a little, <clears throat> I don't know that I like that. So I could see if the fans were, if that was really what caused the players then to go, you know what, to hell with this, uh, we are going to do. Cause, cause I agree with you. I, I think their reasoning is actually solid. We're going to band together. You know, the fans, uh, it was, we would kind of been talking about this. You had brought up, uh, the old Cleveland gimmick of making the fans, the, the manager, and it was just happenstance. I was listening to the Broncos, the DMVR Broncos podcast right after that. And uh, our guy, Mace, Andrew Mason, was talking about an old Bears coach. I don't know my NFL history as well. Sorry. but the, Was it Mike Ditka? It wasn't. I do know him. Uh, older than that, but a guy said uh, who said, if you uh, coach your team the way the fans want you to, you will end up among them. And... And so that, you know, I, I think the Mets were kind of trying to, they're looking for something to get some momentum and play better. And if it was going to be us against our own fans, I get it. But yeah, it was what, 24, 48 hours before the team president had to hold a meeting and say, you guys, you can't antagonize your own fans directly. <laughs> it's yeah, such, such a bad look. The, as far as, you know, chaining to, to fire a manager like Chancer. You don't really hear chants like that, but, but I think to, to be fair, I think, you know, fans don't really get a chance to boo a manager or, you know, you can, you can boo a coaching decision, but it's usually where like, Hey, give this guy, you know, another opportunity or something like that. Or if a guy gets taken out for being left in too long, you're booing the guy more than you're booing the the decision. So I think that might just be an extension of like, we, we got to send some kind of message, right? Cause something has to change. And I think, you know, what, what we're talking about is, you know, the, this culture that is very similar to the previous culture, even though you have a brand new owner, but you still have this, this same kind of culture and the fans really would love to, I don't think they want to have a new owner, but they want the owner to have uh, a different take and to, to have created a new, a better culture. Right. And and he still have, will have that opportunity going forward, but you can't fire an owner. I I don't know if you knew this, this is breaking. (laughs) You cannot fire an owner. So your next best thing uh, is not your GM. You can't fire a GM either. Actually, fans can't fire anybody. Wait, but is that right? You're you're going after the manager. And yeah, you do feel bad for Luis Rojas, especially because he wasn't the original choice for this team. If you recall, some 21 months ago, Carlos Beltran was the manager of this team. Was hired by Brody Van Wagenen, which that was a debacle in and of itself. Having a an agent as your general manager and he hires Carlos Beltran right in the middle of the whole sign stealing scandal. And no one has still yet to have yeah. seen Carlos Bel- Beltran anywhere around MLB ballpark. And he never served as the Mets manager for a day. 
So they're still feeling this, this trickle down effect uh, from the, the in, entire organization from decisions made years ago. And we will continue to celebrate it on Bobby Benia day, but it's, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, it, it just can be completely flubbed. And it's the, the worst part about this too is okay. Your owner can maybe change how he goes about, you know, his, his business and he needs to, he's going to need to do that. And I think he's going to have to take a hard look at himself and there'll be people around him that will force him to do that. But Francisco Lindor is still going to be a part of this team for the next decade. They signed him to a very lucrative yeah. deal. And even, even outside of the fact that he's had such a really bad year, which is concerning and is you know a, a topic in and of itself, those two guys are married to each other. And that is really where you, you could have some issues going forward. I don't know what mm-hmm. that looks like. It's, you know, it's similar to the, the Tatis Jr. and the Padres, but – Hey, the, the Padres are a different situation. They're still on the upswing. Does something happen in a few years from now? Certainly. Bryce Harper's been playing well in Philadelphia with his big deal. Manny's, Manny's been doing all right in, in San Diego as well. But the start of this brand new marriage, right, of between it, – it's, it's a three-way marriage to a degree. It's the fans who've been there all along and like, look, we just want to be loved the way we deserve to be loved. And Steve Cohen says, I, yes, I will love you. And so will this third partner in this relationship, this, it, it, this is crumbling all apart. At the no, no, I like We it. have three people in this, this throuple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Francisco Lindor is coming in. And it, it's, it's become an abomination. It's, it's really, it's really bad. Yeah. It's really bad. And it's definitely something I wouldn't have expected to have blown up bigger than the Padres. Cause it seems like the Padres are set for a blow up, but the Mets have now jumped in the lead for, you know, team or organization that needs to be blown up uh, even more than some, some local teams, if you will. I mean, yeah, you, you look at it, uh, as Stephen points out here in the comments, the Rockies are just three games behind the Mets in the standings. Yes. Right they went and did all this big, they bought huge in the offseason. They bought at the trade deadline. They promised to compete and contend. They had all these up and coming. And it's just, and here are the Rockies just going along with strong starting pitching, terrible bullpen and uh, a really up and down group of position players just chugging along right behind them. It's kind of ridiculous. And it's not to say that the Mets might, you know, won't rebound. And, you know, you look at the rosters and you might say, uh, who's on the team in 2022? Yeah. Maybe the Mets still do have a, of a better roster and, you know, you have to sift through the, the minor league systems and stuff, but all wait, we're it's 2021. Let's talk about 2021 and bottom line. Yeah. The Rockies have been, <laughs> Just as good, pretty much, uh, in a completely different way, but just as good as a team like the Mets, who were thought to be maybe the class of the NL East, and yeah. there wow. turns out classless. Yeah, as as it turns out, and, and last point on this, I, I really like this comment from Will saying, "If you're gonna boo fans, at least make the effort and do it in person. Take the effort to show up at a random fan's <laughs> workplace and boo them every day. It's like the opposite of those uh, old Peyton Manning commercials." Uh, I can't remember uh, what it was for. And it's not important because they were, but he would, he would go and cheer for people at their regular day job. And I just remember one of the lines from it. It's these guys, you know, take They got a giant mattress. They're putting in the back of a truck and he's going, they're not booing. They're saying movers, movers. That's precisely the off season commercial. They need to have is Francisco Lindor going to people's work 
and uh, booing oh and, and playing with that and say, hey, you know what? You know, and, and, and even surprising people, but season ticket holders, right? Just having having fun with it and just say, you're not going to get that from us. And we we love you, you, you Mets fans. And so playing around with that, I think, could actually go a long way and go, ah, you know what, Mets? Okay, you did it. You kind of sucked it up a little bit. But if history is any indication, the Mets will continue to be one of the very few organizations in baseball that Rockies fans can, without reservation, get. Somebody said this to me on Twitter the other day. It was like, I feel bad laughing at the Mets because we're the Rockies. And we really do not rob yourselves no, of the simple pleasures in life. You have to take advantage of the little things. I don't know how many teams do the team. Like the Mets will, for a long time, the Mets will Mets. We know that. The Mets will we Mets. know the Rockies will Rockies. How many other teams do that thing? Maybe, maybe to a lesser degree. I don't know of it quite I as mean, well. For a long time there, the Padres will Padres. But right now, the Padres are doing something different. So we have to like mm-hmm. put a hold on that for for the time being. But again, it arguably the Padres may arguably be Padresing right now in front of our very eyes. That's true. I could see the no. D-backs, D-backs thing, but again, this hasn't gone into they gotta, the, they gotta ship, the vernacular. That hasn't yeah. hasn't gone into the total baseball parlance. It's really definitely the Mets will Mets. The Mets will, will Mets. And the Rockies will the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So hey, we're we're all family in that capacity. But you're right. Do not feel bad for these other teams. Do not. No, no not even Especially a little bit. Nope. Throw back your Breck broom. Sip it gently or your Breck seltzer. Enjoy it responsibly, but enjoy it well. Enjoy it thoroughly as I do. I'm still on Strata Craft Coffee Hours right now, but I was down at a pro wrestling show at the Watering Bowl in Denver last night. Uh, fiance taking pictures of the show. They had plenty of Breck brew on tap. They had the Palisade Peach Wheat. I hadn't had that in a little while. Got some of those. Uh, they've got the Juicy Drop. You know, that's one of my favorites on there. Uh, avalanche amber the mountain beach sour it's all delicious and of course all those seltzers super super delicious you can get them in 15 can samplers and i say samplers it's like, like they're small i mean it's full can it says you just get a bunch of different flavors so you get to try all the different ones the pack is a sample pack now yeah. for, for those watching live and this is why we want you over on youtube watching us live and not just listening on the podcast right. if you can't do it it's understandable but with your hands drew how many Breck brews did you have last night? Mm. How many Breck brews did you have last night? The rest of the show of various varieties, because we know they got the Celsius and we know. Okay, there you go. There's your number. If you're listening on the podcast, you got to tune in over to YouTube to find out how hard or how not hard Drew goes on a Sunday night at a wrestling show. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, wrestling show. There's a certain level you've got to reach. <laughs> There's a certain. I mean, if you're a wrestler, you might be drinking two to three times that. True. But no, after the match, after the one of those professionals, one you can't go out there having a couple of Breck brews during a match. No, after the matches, though, there's yes, one dude's yes. walking around with a pitcher. I was like, great big hulking, hulking gentleman. <clears throat> anyway, uh, speaking of great big and hulking, you can get a great big hulking Breck brew if you're a member of the family down at the DNVR bar. Subscribe today. We'll hook you up with all kinds of fantastic stuff, including that, discounts on hats and shirts. You get access to the written content. You get access to our Discord channel, private chat room, where we're talking baseball 24-7, all the other sports, TVs, movies, anything and everything under the sun. 
We enjoy hanging out with you. We know y'all have been hanging out in there, having a great time as of late, keeping the Connor Joe train going every time he does anything. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun in the Discord lately. So do subscribe today at the DNVR.com. You subscribe for the annual. We'll send you a free shirt in the DNVR locker. How about that? Get cool. that bigger beer. And if and if you want to walk around with a picture of Breck Brew where you're at the DNVR bar, I think look, we've we've trademarked Tap Pack. We know when you get the 15 can sampler, Tap mm-hmm. Pack for number 15, Raimel Tapia back in the lineup off the IL tonight, playing left field. We should say, hey, can I get a Marquez of Breck Brew? And that's code mm-hmm. that you want a pitcher of Breck Brew. A Marquez. It's either Marquez or Freeland. They could be interchangeable. I feel like Gray. It, you might I'm confuse someone. There's other, yeah. Eh, but but a Marquez or a Freeland, whatever you want on that yeah. particular night, that's code for you want a pitcher of the Breck Brew. A little bit of pit. That's good. I like that. I like that. We're we'll have to work on that one. Yeah. No, I think I, actually, think I think your first draft is most of the way there. A pitcher. You're. I mean, you're. You're on it. You're on the pitch, as it were. And not, then if and then if you know you're on you're you're halfway through the pitcher or maybe you're down to that last pint and you happen to knock it over and you totally blow it, insert your favorite Rockies reliever yeah. there. Like, oh, you totally pulled a Jake McGee. All right, next topic for the Speaking day. Of Herman Marquez <laughs> and pitchers, he's on the hill tonight, heading out to Texas in Arlington to face the Rangers. No, I don't. I don't think that's quite how it's pronounced. Uh, who are pitching some guy they just made up. <laughs> they create a character in someone. Yeah, Alexi, AJ Alexi. AJ Alexi. That's a that's a made-up WWE name. Like if you're yeah. doing a generic <laughs> pro wrestling game, you're like, oh, man, the, the guy that I have is my inter-world champion, because you can't even say intercontinental. It's, it's right. a bootleg wrestling game. The right. inter-world champion, AJ Alexi. AJ Oh, yeah. Uh, no stats yet, so that must mean this will be the season debut. Is it the MLB debut of AJ Alexi? I'm trying to find some stats in this. It season. is. It, it's going to be yes. his MLB debut. Hey, that's believe it or not. Fun. And he's a that's former Dodgers prospect, who was originally drafted by them. So there's another reason to to rally against his young right hand. So we don't have to feel bad for him at all if the Rockies knock him around a bit. He used to be a Dodger, so that's good. <laughs> all Even great more reasons. And hey, the Rockies have a good record against the Dodgers right now. So I think it's kind of perfect timing for AJ Alexi to get familiarized with Herman Marquez. Yeah. Uh, Marquez hasn't been quite as good uh, as of late. His last couple of outings, a little bit more hittable. The ERA overall is back up over 4, 402 on the season. The ERA plus still, you know, very solid. But it's it's one of those things that I really look at as somebody who gets frustrated with the narratives and the way we talk about guys. And it's much easier to get the lay baseball person or the national writer to pay attention and not immediately dismiss a Rockies pitcher. If his ERA is under four, even if it's three ninety five, you can start selling a guy and be like, well, actually at Coors that's, but even that right there at four Oh two, you've got a four at the beginning. People have a really hard time believing you're an elite pitcher. They just, it, it's just ingrained in us from childhood. And if you don't follow the Rockies every single day and, and really get into the dig into the numbers. So I'd like to see him get that ERA back with a three at the beginning. Well, it's funny when we were talking yesterday after 
the Rockies' victory on Sunday to win that Dodger series in LA. I, we talked briefly about, uh, you know, could Freeland be pitcher of the month? Yeah, probably not. You look at his ERA, and hey, it's, it's pretty good. And the competition he went against was pretty good. Some really good teams, some not so good teams. But if you actually looked at his fielding independent pitching or his XFIP, his ex- expected FIP, it actually was identical, if not slightly lower than the Adam Wainwrights, the Max Freeds, who all had a sub two ERA. And you go, if you look at those peripheral numbers, they would have been a lot better maybe elsewhere outside of Coors Field. And so right. while he still had a really good ERA and was 4 0 for the month, there's a lot to suggest there's other really good numbers. I was, was crunching something. Uh, last night about his last 12 starts and how good it's been. And I'll see if I can get something uh, on that coming out maybe this week that I think only 11 times in the, in the Rockies history have they ever had a pitcher in uh, over a span of 70 games, excuse me, a span of 12 games in the same season, pitch 70 innings and give up, given up 20 earned runs or less. You know, you got Ubaldo in 2010, Jason, mm-hmm. Had a span. Tyler Chatwood had one in 2013. Julius right. John Gray had one. Freeland had one back in 2018. Marquez mm-hmm. had one in 18, and I think maybe one this year, whatever it was. But like, it's pretty rare stuff that he's been doing just for the entirety of the Rockies franchise. And if that's yeah. kind of gotten overlooked when you put that in perspective, because anytime, like you said, hey, you're under four, you got to take notice. And it's like, you're doing something really good. If you're under four, but it's nothing compared to what some of these other guys, you know, uh, have ERA wise in some of these other more pitcher friendly ballparks around right. the National League and whatnot. But when you start to compare Freeland to the rest of the Rockies history, pre or post or whatever it is, you go, wait a minute, he's he's back. He has got something going for him in a real serious way. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and take a look. Well, actually, let me do this. Remind everybody about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They make watching sports a whole lot more fun. And sometimes they even make your bank account a whole lot more full of dollars. It can be a whole lot of fun, uh, though. For me, really, it's not about that. I usually don't bet big dollar amounts. I've only recently uh, gotten into this thing. I've learned uh, it's very easy. They make it super easy on the app. Very easy to figure it out, uh, intuitive, and uh, there's some like little helpful explainers on there too. We've also got a great show for you on uh, the DMVR network, of course, with our bets guys. And if you're subscribed, you can hang out on our Discord channel where there's lots of people more than help, <laughs> happy to help you walk you through any questions you may have about betting on some stuff. Uh, it's been a whole lot of fun for me getting into it right now. Where's our deal at? If you download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code DMVR, you'll receive $200 in free bets. We place $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code DNVR to get your free $200 in bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Herman Marquez, six and a half strikeouts tonight. Ooh. That's the number. That's the like number that. to beat. 
I like him to get seven strikeouts. I like him for a bounce back outing in general. Uh, like I said, he knows his ERA is up over four. He doesn't like that either. Guys don't like that. You look up at the scoreboard. You know, it's, it's kind of like that difference. It's like if you're batting 296 versus when you were batting 307. You know, is there really that a huge difference between those things? Probably not. But guys love looking up over at the scoreboard and seeing the number. They'll tell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> three is a very important number. In, in oh, I like right? that too. Yeah, his ERA in his last seven starts, so pretty much since the All-Star break, has been about six. Yeah, yeah. 5.97. I'm, I'm, uh, I think he's he's over it. I think I think he went through a slump there, and I think it's done. I think he comes out of it tonight. Yeah, the guys in the lineup that have faced him, you know, not not big track records, mm-hmm. but Marquez has dominated. Uh, Isaiah Kiner Falefa not doing very well in eight at bats. Same thing for Nick Solak, uh, Brendan. Uh, excuse me, Nate Lau. Not to be confused with Brendan Lowe. Same spelling. Uh, nice. Hasn't done much in three at bats. Same thing for uh, Adolis Garcia. So, you know that that bodes well uh, for them. The the young man AJ Alexi, who has really you know pretty good strikeout numbers down in the minor leagues. He's only at about four and a half. So that one, I think that one could be an over. That's about plus that being an over. Rockies have a history too of <laughs> guys in their debuts and striking out a little bit and putting them over, so to speak. Yeah, putting them over just a little bit. Um, oh. I didn't mean to click on that. It's got me. Uh, well, maybe I should. Maybe that was a fade. I just accidentally clicked on uh, Adolis Garcia to hit a home run. But he's been hot. It's plus 360. You know, that's one of my favorite bets because it's always a, a nice solid plus number for you because it's a long shot. Anyone's going to hit a home run. But Garcia, only a plus 300 for CJ Crone. That's how hot he's been is they can only give you. That's as the best they can do. Uh, I hadn't seen these before. These are kind of fun pairings. I mean, you can do these on your own, but they've just given them to you here. Uh, home run and team to win. It's uh, almost like a built-in parlay. Yeah. To a degree, right? So like you said, if you go, all right, CJ Crone, he's he's doing it on the road too. We know he does it at home, but now he's been doing it really well on the road. Last opportunity to pad those stats to see if he can be the NL player of the month. He's going to hit a homer. As you said, it's only plus 300, but he homers. They win plus four fifty. And you, you like that a little bit better, right? Oh, yeah. He's only DH yeah. tonight, so he's just going to be going in the tunnel. And of all the guys who, again, they're all facing AJ Lexi for the first time here, he's going down in the tunnel. He's going to be able to watch a you know a decent amount of uh, additional video, so to speak, uh, from the bench and be be zoned in on that. So I like that. I, I think that one could be my favorite one that you've mentioned, uh, CJ Crone to Homer and win for four fifty. No Ryan Maltapia. They're staying away from Ryan Maltapia. Even if he's coming off the IL. First game back. Sixth. I was going to say like, he's not even batting lead up there. He's going to get a hit, right? Uh, they're staying that's, away. That's funny. You can't take like Connor Joe to get on base either or anything like that. That'd be nice. Uh, I do but like there's a reason. They've added total bases. I think that's something that's been pretty new for this season. Yeah. You can do total bases, and like one and a half is usually that magic number. So, I mean, even a double by CJ Crone wins you plus 30 on that if you're like, like yeah, I think, I think that's yeah. also a really favorable one as well. Yeah. Now, I'm going to keep riding that Crone. I like both pitchers over on strikeouts. Yeah, I think those are pretty good. Rockies to win the game, Crone to hit the homer. 
And it should be a, a pretty solid, entertaining one for the Rockies tonight. Got to be feeling good coming off this series win against L.A., uh, but they know they've still got plenty to prove on the road and and, and plenty to improve upon and, and prove to themselves and, and everybody else and all of that going into the final month. So Five and 12, can they do it? Five and 12 gets them to 22 so. wins and avoids them being the worst or tied for the worst and not – Again, it's like, hey, look, we're the we're hey. in 28th place of 29. <laughs> Whatever. Right. But 5 yeah. and 12, with how they've played all year, that that sounds very difficult. But how they're playing right now, it's, it sounds doable. Take two, yeah. right? You take two here. Yeah. And you just got to go three and 11. Three, the rest of the way. Philadelphia, Atlanta, Washington, you like, and Arizona. It's going to be close. I think they can do it. I think they, I think can, they can too. I think they I think can. So, in game two, they got Gomber versus Lyles. So, that'll be an interesting matchup. And then we'll have uh, Freeland and another made up creator character, Arihara. Not, not Koji Uhara, but Arihara. Kohei Arihara. Arihara. Yeah, they, they picked him up this offseason and. He's kind of kicked around just a little bit. I don't. I don't think he's made too many appearances just yet. So that could be another interesting one. Learning a little bit about these guys who've come out of nowhere. I think right now he's even on the the IL. They they might need mm-hmm. to activate him. And so that's that's the suggested starting pitcher. Could that change? Sure. Why not? I mean, Isaiah Connor Falafa comes up as a catcher, goes to third base, then he he kicks out uh, Elvis Andrews, and he's playing shortstop. Maybe kind of Falefa is the starting pitcher. It, it would not surprise me at this point. They play in the same division as Otani, so get creative. Don't, if you're going to do an opener, don't do it as a reliever. Do it with a position player. Why not? Why not? Why not? You're gonna, if you're going to maybe end up there, why not go ahead and start there? Do you think <laughs> that ever happens? Actually, think about that. First, That's take, interesting. Take yeah. 60 seconds. Do you think that could happen in the next year or two? A team puts a position player out there, in the first inning, the game. maybe maybe they already have a guy warming up in the bullpen, so that's where your your opener would actually you know come in for the second inning. Or if the position player gets in the jam in the first, do you think that could happen? I think it could. I just I don't think it's unlikely, but I think it could happen. I think that it won't is because I know that internally there's been a lot of weird anger. Some people I don't think have any problem with, but I I do know that some front office people and some owners really hate this position players pitching thing. They feel like it's making a mockery of the game, and I know that it's going to be something that's targeted in the next CBA. It's something that's been talked about. I don't know that you need to go that far, but I also don't know that I disagree with that sentiment that much. And I do think that if anyone did that, they would know that they were basically making themselves a pariah in the game of baseball. Like they would be hated by certain people in the game if they started a position player on the mound. And it it would probably even kick off a a round of questions about do rules need to be changed and all of that. And so I think that's why it probably wouldn't happen. But I'll bet you someone's considered it. Yes, I, I think it, it's, you might as well. You, you should yeah. consider it. You should consider anything and just go, all right, well, what sure. if we did this? What if, what if, what if? I mean, Jake Cronenworth is a great example where he was a two-way player in the minors for a little bit. 
you know, even before the the Padres had acquired him, seven innings down uh, in AAA with with Durham, and you know, it was fine. Uh, didn't give up a run, and so that could be again, depending on what you're looking for, depending on what kind of leverage you have by having that extra position player. But then, as soon as the pitcher comes in, you now lose that guy. You know, Cronenworth goes over to second base, and then what? Adam Frazier's now out of the game you just lost that so right I, I don't know but there very easily could just be something that we're not seeing at this point that makes you go hmm maybe maybe i'll tell you what makes me go hmm Patrick. Mm. and that's our friends at ball everything they do makes me go hmm things yeah. that make you go hmm mm. not ah, i don't hate it yeah ball, ah, mm. i really love it I'm really loving it. I'm really loving that they've got by the human rights campaign a corporate equality index score of a hundred. That's just fancy talk for saying they treat everybody really well. Is this scale to one hundred also? <laughs> I, I mean, it is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. double double checking. Because well, I, I believe it's a hundred percent. So if you could get like that, would be amazing. It's that's like, how percents okay. usually work. So I'm going to say cool. yes. It's not it's not crafty marketing of like, hey, we're 100 out of a million. No, it's 100 out of 100. Just so you know, it's yeah. not crafty marketing. It's just right. facts. So we're just trying right. to get you hooked up, get paid, working for a great company all at the same time. They're they're so cool, man. They're yeah. they got support by groups of people like the Society of Women Engineers. Uh, of course, all kinds of environmental groups, you know, about their dedication to aluminum being the material of the future because it's so recyclable 75 percent of all the aluminum that's ever been used on the face of the earth is still in use so you can become a part of all of that goodness taking care of the environment taking care of people that taking care of yourself by getting paid really well by getting treated really well by getting to work in a beautiful place you're looking for some work maybe no better place on earth because i think dnvr is all staffed up for right now but other than that Check them out at Ball, man. Text GOLDEN to 77222. You'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. It's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. And once you're making that money, I highly recommend spending a little bit of it on the Hassle Cattle beef, man. It's delicious stuff. Why you beef from Hassle Cattle Company could change your life. It changed mine. I don't get beef from the grocery store anymore. No reason for that. They pump it all full of hormones and antibiotics and a bunch of nonsense. It's bad for the animal. It's bad for the environment. Bad for your body. And it turns out it wasn't making the meat any cheaper. I can just get on HassleCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Especially if you use promo code DMVR10 to get 10% off. Check out the promos, get some ground beef, some ground chuck, some award-winning hamburgers, some steaks. You are in business. It is absolutely delicious stuff. Cannot more highly recommend the Wagyu beef from Hassel Cattle Company. Got some waiting for me right now. I, don't know, I think we got, oh, we got ground beef out. Don't know what we're doing with this. Honey. You can do anything with ground. There's so many different things. I feel like we might be getting to the, close to the end of burger season. We, yeah. we still got a little ways to go, but I mean, now is... Yeah. That time, if you really feel like you didn't get your enough of your burgers in, or at least you want to just step it up a little bit, mm. boom, Hassle Cattle Company, ground beef, 
I guess it's going to be roast season, right? Once you get into the fall, is that what you want? Like yeah. a nice roast with vegetables, some nice savory. Like they've got so much good stuff. And the seasoning. I, I feel like I don't often mention, actually, they've got a really good, I think it's like nine bucks for an enormous jar. It's like the biggest A jar lifetime I've supply. Seen. For nine it's, bucks for a life? Yeah, it's a life's worth. When I first saw it, because it's hard to tell when you look on the computer, it looks like, you know, that normal, like when you get like a salt thing from the, grocery store look like that size no it's like three times that size of steak seasoning we still have the first one we've had several orders of the beef we still have the first thing of seasoning we use it regularly but so good so don't forget to put that in there use promo code dmvr10 get 10 percent off and again if you order over 200 bucks free shipping my mom goes burger season ends <laughs> she's like she'd be making hassle cattle burgers in december baby um all right, let's that's the inner hipster of me saying everything has to come to a conclusion. It's just no longer hip, but you can do it behind closed doors, right? Like you're right. not showing it off on your patio and your grill. You're you're doing it indoors and be like, hey, I still enjoy a burger in yeah. December. Yeah, you do that. And Hassle Cattle Company will keep your secrets if you want burger season to be all me. year long. Just like if you want to leave your holiday lights up all year long indoors in your tree, you're allowed to do that. Hassle mm -hmm. Cattle Company will keep all of those secrets for That's you. True. That's true. Back to life. <laughs> all right, every once in a while, we'd like to take a look over at the junior circuit, see how they're doing in the American League. They're having an entertaining uh, season as well. They're going to be some fun races coming down to the end, but just a few big storylines, of course, we saw, especially those of you that keep up with our friends, Jake and John Boy, uh, Yankees, had a nice big long streak that just recently came to an end. And are sadly or excitingly uh, probably cementing themselves right back into the postseason picture where all year it looked like they might just mess around and, and not get there. And now it's like, damn it, there they go, looking like what we thought they could be. Yeah, and they've, after that 13 game win streak, they've lost two in a row. And the Rays have won seven in a row. And so they, they, they're in a similar situation as. You know, we've been talking about all year long is with the Giants kind of really throwing a wrench into things with the Dodgers and Padres maybe just having nine innings. you got 27 outs if you really want to make the true postseason in that capacity. And the Yankees could be in that same boat. They're still six games back of the Rays who just are not going to slip. And they're – yeah, the, the Rays have, have almost become the antithesis of the Yankees and yet the same thing where – if if both teams have a guy go down and get get injured, so they're gonna find a way to step up. It's like again, right. anytime you throw the pinstripes on a guy late in the season, they're just gonna all of a sudden take it to this other level, and they now become a superstar for a short period of time. You know that's gonna happen with the Yankees and with the Rays. You know they they will pick who they want to step up and go. All right, mathematically, here's what, how we're gonna shift things and totally change it and re-engineer this whole bad boy. And then they're going to get what they need out of that. And so it's going to be fun to see those two teams. I'm not sure how much they play against each other still. I think there's at least one more series left of those two. And that that's going to be interesting. I think Boston's probably safe to say they're out if they're only two games back of the Yankees. But I just don't don't have any confidence in, confidence in them to to kind of pick it up and to get the same momentum going forward as, as the Yankees have. It, it could happen. But I, I think the Yankees are going to be that that other team to beat uh, next to the Rays. Yeah, sadly, it looks like it. As much as <laughs> you know, it would be 
uh, my Toronto Blue Jays or um, literally anybody else. Uh, and sitting there on that day when John Boy and everyone was out at the bar and they got walked off on by the Astros and it just felt like, oh, man, this isn't going to be their year. And now you watch them right now and you go, oh. <laughs> and they they struggled even after that, and yeah, for a yeah, while they were at like five hundred, and and yeah, the New York papers, uh, the papers were booing them, you know, um, but but yeah, the New York papers were like no. writing them off, and and that's typical New York media because I I certainly didn't think they were going to bounce back to this extent, but I thought no, this is still a pretty good team. They're just playing really badly right now, yeah. and and you know that that happens. If if we're talking about the AL too, maybe the next thing out of your mouth is going to talk about Salvador Perez. With his 38 home runs, uh, I, I should have prefaced that by saying, folks, we have a new current, or I should say, new active Hall of Famer playing the game right now. And it's Salvatore Perez. I think with this season that he's had, I think he's essentially locked himself into place as being uh, a no-doubt Hall of Famer. And with, with the most home runs in a single season – from an American League catcher. He needs five to tie Javi Lopez's record of 43, uh, six to, to, to pass it and, and to, to have it all to himself. I think he's going to do that. He hasn't missed a game this year. Think about that. Yeah. He's 80%. So basically, he's there's, there's one guy in the Royals rotation that he clearly does not like, and he said, I am not going to catch your games, bro, but I'm going to catch the other four guys. Those are my guys. I'm right. going to catch their games but not yours. 80%. He's played in all of the games. That is unheard of in 2021. Yeah. He's got a a plaque waiting for him in Cooperstown. Absolutely. Wow. I hope you're right. I I really do hope you're right. We were actually sort of getting into this on Twitter a couple of days ago. Somebody sent out something about Buster Posey and feeling like he was underrated and wondering, you know, is Buster Posey going to be a first ballot guy? Because he felt like he should have. And I think he should be. I think he absolutely should. Um, and, and I was talking about, I think catchers in general are underrated. And so I, I didn't know you were going to bring that up with Salvi certainly well on his way. I mean, he'd have to have a, I think a pretty disastrous end to his career by jaws. He's still, you know, 44th, but I don't think that's included this year yet. So he's going to jump up quite a bit because there's a big cluster right there, which is, is one of the points that, you know, you end up realizing when you look at the history of the catcher position, I, I think we're just, there's still so much more to understand. There's so much about what you do as a catcher that isn't evaluated, even in a stat like war, like it doesn't talk about how good you are at game preparation or working through a lineup or knowing when to go talk to your pitcher or, uh, you know, all those kinds of things that are really important for catchers. Uh, and so they don't get like a ton of defensive war despite in my mind being a, you know, the most important defensive player on the diamond. Uh, so that's why guys even like, you know, Yadier Molina's career 41.8 war is significantly lower than a lot of other guys who are in the Hall of Fame. But you, you've got to ignore that the same way you've got to ignore that some of these relievers are going to go in with like 18 career war because you've got to compare them to other guys who played the same position. And, uh, 
you know, we, we've seen some great catchers in the last 10 to 15 years. Joe Maurer, Buster Posey, Jorge Posada, Yadier Molina, and maybe arguably now Salvador Perez. And, and I think he's getting there for sure. He has, you know, a couple more decent years in him. He should be right in that class. And they should all be in the Hall of Fame. And I think that some people look at those names and go, oh, no, I don't know. And like these guys were really, really good at one of the toughest jobs in all of professional sports. Uh, and and you got to give them credit for that. And what Salvador Perez is doing that this year at, at age 31, absolutely incredible. Very, very impressive. He's got the World Series ring as well. You know, he obviously has that going for him. He's going to be a guy that will most likely play the entirety of his career out in, in Kansas city, you know, has, still has a long-term deal. still has um, somewhere close to a hundred million dollars still even, even owed to maybe it's closer to 75, but um, so yeah, jaws might not like him too much right now, but you know, he has 190 career home runs and that's 25th all time. And he's got a lot more to go. So like, that's something that puts it in perspective. Um, one thing that jaws doesn't maybe, uh, value quite as much is all-star games. And again, he has seven uh, with this year in, in Colorado wow. and that's, that's tied for 21st. And so that's another indicator of, you know, how your peers feel about you and um, you know, how, how the, the, the voters feel about you of, of your era. And if you look at all the, the guys who uh, if, if you sort the history books for all-star games for catchers, only Elston Howard is, is the only one that's not in the hall of fame in the top 10. And he's a guy that definitely deserves a lot more consideration. Bill Freehan just passed away. Unfortunately, 11 time, uh, you have Del Crandall, Yadier Molina. There's, there's a lot of names that, that fall in. Brian McCann's just ahead of him. Buster Posey, or actually Brian McCann and Buster Posey. They also have seven all-star game appearances. Joe Maurer only has six. Right. So like, those are just some of the ways. And I think catcher, as you very eloquently put it, it's, it's hard to quantify that. Right. And I think, I think he still has a little ways to go. Uh, but he's, he's, there's these moments where a guy gets on the radar and you start thinking, this is a hall of famer, like two, about two years ago, Zach Greinke. Yep. He's now he's hit that echelon because some of it is longevity. Some of it is that. And what Perez is now doing, not as a 24 year old catcher, but as a 31 year old catcher, really has has elevated him i think to this level where people are starting to notice him in a year that's totally lost for the royals and yet you want to go and, and turn those games on now and watch his at bat catcher hitting third in that lineup that that means something yeah yeah i mean it's uh it, it's been incredible and i you know uh, appreciate that he's done it for one team his whole career that he's really really been a stalwart for those kansas city royals and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, Will at the 28-7 career BWAR puts him in 44th. That doesn't count the four plus he's put up this year. So when you add that in, that gets him actually to about 33rd all-time among catchers. So if he has another, he doesn't even need to have a couple more four-war seasons. If he just has three more two-war seasons, that pretty much gets him into top 25, top 20 range and and that uh as you, you say should do it so i think that's very doable for him still at, at 31 years old and we see apparently still very good uh, 
He's probably going to win another gold glove this year also. So that'll be his sixth gold glove. Um, After third base, catcher is the least represented position. Yeah, it kills me. That that just – and I think that really does come from an historical lack of understanding of all the things that go into playing that position. And we don't know how to account for it, and that's fair. Like, you want to just look at a guy's, like, batting average. That's why, like, Joe Maurer and Buster Posey, you can just kind of look at their slash lines and go, see? And, like, they hit real good. Mike Piazza is a slam dunk for people, despite the fact that he was never defensively the greatest catcher, right? Pudge is like the one guy who we all know he was so good defensively, but even look at like, you would think that how good Pudge Rodriguez was defensively, that his career war would be this this astronomical number, right? It's 68.7. Like that's, that's high. That's very good. That's obvious. Like, you know, that's Todd Helton. A little, it's a little better than Helton. It's not as good as Larry Walker, you know? And so that's like, he, Pine Rodriguez, with what he brought defensively, was so much more valuable than that. So much more valuable than that. And, you know, won a couple of championships. Obviously, one with the Marlins. Was he on that? I think that was that Randy was the only one. Tigers team that won. He's on the Tigers. They didn't win the World Series that year. Okay. Um, I, I know he was on the Yankees for a minute, but I don't think he was there in two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, was part of some some really uh, big big mashers in, in Texas, but uh, mm-hmm. I think that one. I think that was the uh, the only one in two thousand three. But yeah, as far as everything that goes into a catcher, and and I know I'm up on a soapbox. This is the last thing I'll say. This is the last thing I'll say. And and the same thing as like closer, like any other position in any sports. Like, what does the guy show up at the ballpark? trying to do that day and we ought to judge you on your ability to do that a closer you know i i had a hard time getting a hold of this like trevor hoffman didn't have anywhere near the career war right but he showed up every day you got to get three outs incredibly good at getting those three outs catchers show up at the ballpark every day figuring thinking about how to work with their pitcher to navigate the opposite lineup and do everything they can because they know that's the most important part of the game they're hitting come second things like blocking the ball and throwing guys out that's all nice, but these real heady cerebral catchers who can stay catchers for a long time and do what Salvador Perez is doing, they need we need to find a way to give them credit for that and get more of these guys into the Hall of Fame. All right, I'm off. Yeah. I'm off. No, I'm off myself. That's good. <laughs> hey, I, I put it, I played it down, I placed it down before you talking <laughs> about Salvador Perez. You're right, because I just kind of sprung that on there. But I, I had that thought today. I was like, he's now he's now there. Yeah. Like he's yeah. I think he might even have a little bit ways to go. I, I don't know. I, I, when, I, when I have those thoughts of like, you know what? He's entered the conversation. That's almost already like the guy's in, in my book. Because it's weird. What's weird is for me, and, and here I'm already going down the rabbit hole, and we'll have to talk about it another time. I'm not a huge Joe Maurer fan. Yeah, I get it. He should be in the Hall of Fame, but I'm not that crazy about Joe Maurer. Yeah, Because I don't think he, I, he did it long enough as a catcher. Yeah, he was very good for a guy who happened to be a catcher, and yeah. so he's he's kind of a unicorn in a lot of capacities. So that's yeah. he's weird. That's something for another day. Oh. All right, I did want to I did want to hit a couple things real quick on the way out that I wanted to talk about because I wanted to congratulate the team from Taylor, Michigan, for defeating Hamilton, Ohio, five two in the Little League mm-hmm. Baseball World Series. Also, shout out 
to Muskogee, Oklahoma for coming out of the Jessica Mendoza pool to win the Little League Softball World Series, 9-1 over Chesterfield, Virginia. And yes, Oklahoma did come out of the Southwest region, same as Tri-Lakes Little League in Monument, Colorado. So we got our Colorado connection there. Can't forget about the Softball World Series as well. And Albuquerque, uh, for, for the, we're going to talk about our region, Albuquerque actually won the Little League Softball World Series in 1984 and 2012. So we got some good ballers out here, as we know, as we've kind of discussed. So I thought, real quick, did you get a chance to watch any of the Little League World Series? or just Very little, just the highlights. Enjoy the highlights on Twitter, which is great. And there's a lot lot of really good ones. I think there's about five things that this Little League World Series will be remembered for. One is it brought some normalcy back to the Little Leagues around the nation after the cancellation of last year, right? For yeah, sure. That was nice. Um, and, and, and also, this will probably be the last one without fans, too, because we're still trying to get some normalcy back. Hopefully, right. next year we'll have fans back instead of just the families. Two, this will be the last Little League World Series, or this is the last Little League World Series, without international teams from outside the North America since right. 1958. Yeah. Yes, 1959, a team from Germany came over. Um, and then, you know, it, it started opening up to the, the entire world. The 59 was also the first year of Howard J. Lomity Stadium. So that's kind of a weird thing. Hopefully yeah. we can get back to having some of those international teams. Yeah, that always makes it cool. Yeah. And three players stuck out. Tyler Shindo, pitcher for the Hawaiian national team. Ambidextrous was pitching with both right and mm-hmm. left. Had a specially made Pat Vendy uh, baseball mitt where Love he it. could use it with I think they I think they have like four fingers on them or three fingers. I forget. I forget how much a ambidextrous mitt has on it. Yeah. Or maybe it has six fingers on it. Maybe it has more. I think it has so more. It's an extra one. Yeah. They put another thumb slot on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. So he's one. Uh, Gavin Weir from South Dakota almost was able to get his team to the national game. Gavin Weir, AKA baby Chris sale, that lefty just, so nasty, threw a no-hitter in his last performance, struck out 14 batters. There are 18 outs in a game, folks. Right, 14 right. of the 18. He ended up throwing four no-hitters for the entire summer between states, regionals, and Little League World Series. And of the 132 batters he faced, he struck out 114. Amazing. Unreal. That, that's incredible stuff. And if they would have won on Saturday, he would have he would have pitched in the, the national game, and that would have been oh. – uh, that should I, I wanted South Dakota Hawaii in the final. Those kids, the opposite, yeah. And I don't think you can bet on on DraftKings, so don't. I don't think we can go there. And last but not least, Ella Bruning, catcher for Texas, the twentieth girl to participate in the Little League yep. World Series. She was the only one this year. Uh, she was the first catcher since two thousand one. Uh, overall, she was two for six. She caught every inning, had no errors. She caught a runner stealing. And she even, in the game versus New Jersey, caught the first pitch by Monet Davis. And so it was nice. just wonderful seeing oh, that. The kids, let the kids play, right? Yeah. There you go. Absolutely. They were able to play up there in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. And that was just, it was beautiful. Good stuff. You got to love that. Yeah, it was, makes me feel old when they bring back Monet Davis. When you, know, when you have, anytime you haven't seen someone yeah. since they were – whatever she was, 12 or 13. And then they come back out like, you're an adult now. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what happened. That happened. Wow, she's 20. Yes. I was looking it up to be like, 
I was like, whoa, Drew, you just said adult and you don't know how old she, you were, you were, you got it. You're good. I was not close. I'm like, she could be 16, 17. No, she's, yeah. I mean, you nailed it. And that's been a long time. You're right. It's been a while. A lot longer than I've remembered. You're right. Absolutely. Absolutely wild. All right. Well, good stuff. We're going to go watch the Rockies and the Rangers. We know that's what you're all off to do as well. It's going to be a lot of, Fun should be interesting to see if the Rockies can actually win another road series here. And it's always fun to watch Marquez pitch. So we're gonna we're gonna get into that. See if can uh hit some big big they say everything's bigger in Texas. Let's see if he can hit one even farther than what he's been doing lately. Win that player of the month. Gonna be fun. Hang out with us for the next couple of days on social media at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons, at DNVR underscore Rockies. Of course, you can hang out with us in the Discord channel. If you're a subscriber, go to the DNVR.com for all of that. You know, if you subscribe for the year, we'll hook you up with a free shirt. You get discounts on all kinds of cool stuff. You know the drill at this point. Do subscribe. Hang out with us on social media. Keep watching your baseball. Keep being absolutely awesome baseball fans out there. We'll keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you. Bom.